Welcome to the Agora Network Ministries podcast, Hope for the Agora, a conversation about mental health and the church. Listen in as our host, Evan Roars Dodge, shares practical, educational, and insightful information about the mental health conversation and the stigma inside the walls of the church. Our hope is that through informative interviews with leading mental health professionals and people in the field, and through the stories of healing and transformation, you will find that hope and healing can be found in body, soul, and spirit. To learn more, go to agoranetworkministries.com and follow us on social media. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to Hope for the Agora. I'm so glad that you have decided to join us for another conversation about mental wellness in the church. I'm your host, Evan Dodge, and I'm delighted today to be joined by Lynn Stafford. Lynn, blessings, and I'm so glad that you're joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm excited for our conversation. We're going to hear about you and your ministry as an integrative wellness coach, what you do, and have some uh, just some bigger conversations about mental wellness uh, and the church. Lynn, introduce yourself for us, if you would. Tell us who you are, a bit about who you are personally, your professional life, anything you think that our audience would like to know about you. Sure. Well, I am a mother of two amazing teenagers, and um, I, on a personal level, I work for a peer support center here in Ontario, uh, part-time, and then I also have my own business as an integrative wellness coach, and I specialize in mental health, and I'm an author of one book. And yeah. Well, well, thank you, Lynn. We're going to talk a bit about your book. We're going to hear about your coaching uh, endeavors in a little bit. So, uh, Lynn, as I was going through your website, looking a bit at your book, and I heard read a bit about your own journey in mental wellness, share some of your story and what it, what happened to you and what led you um, to the type of work that you do now as an integrative wellness coach? Sure. So I, um, yeah, so it's been quite the journey. Uh, I always tell people life is certainly never boring, in my case anyway. Uh, so probably in my early 20s, I ended up with my first depressive episode. Uh, my husband at the time and I had moved to a huge city, which was culture shock. And basically, I was completely traumatized there. Uh, there was just one thing after the other happening from gunshots going off in the day to all kinds of stuff that created so much stress in me. And up until then, I don't recall ever experiencing depression or anxiety. So, you know, I was always kind of a happy, bubbly, fun, whatever person. And uh, but what started happening is, um, you know, I started having panic attacks and I had no clue what they were at all. And, um, you know, I'd feel sick to my stomach and then I felt like I was uh, choking almost. I couldn't breathe properly. 
and my body would go all kind of tingly and I felt like I was going to pass out any second and just full of terror and I had no clue what these episodes were and I really had nobody to talk to because first of all I didn't want to stress my husband out so I didn't want to tell him much and we'd moved to a new city so we didn't know barely anybody there so uh but as time went on these things didn't go away and then I found myself crying out of the blue in the day and I couldn't control any of it and again you know I had always been able to control my emotions um I was not used to being out of control like this and um so anyway uh time went on and things went from bad to worse and basically to sum it all up I uh became suicidal really because what happened after about four or five months is you know well through the process I started losing control of my thoughts that was the biggest thing I noticed so my mind would spin all day long and it, the thoughts were all negative there wasn't anything good and um and then thoughts of death and suicide and I thought oh my gosh what is wrong with me because I was always one who loved life and I had no clue that this was actually a sickness of any sort. So we actually moved back to the town we came from and I thought that would fi fix everything. So I just went and got another job and tried to pretend everything was great. Um, I even reached out for some spiritual help. I thought maybe they can help me, the church could help me, you know, my pastor. But unfortunately they were not educated. Um, in any of it and so a lot of the support I got which wasn't really that supportive was mm. you know suggestions spiritually right like to read my bible more or to just claim all the do not fear scriptures right. you know at one point I was even told just uh, speak healing over yourself and just believe you're healed and you will be like you just have to believe it well, I tried that for about a day and then we had to call an ambulance because <laughs> my panic attack was so bad. I lost my vision and, and my hearing. Um, so all that to say, uh, I was very sick. And, 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 you know, as a Christian, I had all the guilt and the shame on top of it all because I couldn't get better. I couldn't pray it away. Nothing was working. And then I had a friend randomly tell me about a Christian psychiatrist who had written a little booklet. Um, and uh, his name's Dr. Grant Mullen, actually. And I read this booklet. And for the first time in about half a year, I felt that I didn't have to feel full of shame and guilty of sin. And I felt so much relief knowing that number one whatever this problem was I had had a name mm -hmm. and number two it wasn't my fault and number three there was treatment so that led me to go to a doctor and and that's where I received treatment for the first time so um anyway I ended up with three major episodes in my lifetime the last time was nine years ago and I ended up um hospitalized 
in two different psychiatric hospitals for three months. And I thought my life was over. I mean, I really didn't think I'd ever live again, a normal life. I had to leave my kids. It was the worst thing on earth. And yet the best thing on earth, because they finally got me well. But the real healing started when I got home. And in that time, I was determined to try and figure out what on earth was happening. Like, why was I in this place again for the third time? And as I did that, I just researched all kinds of things. I read anything I could get my hands on. And it was in that time, too, um, well, a few years later, where I started to write my book, which, you know, shares my personal journey of what I went through. But I also started to go to a counselor for the first time in my life, which changed my life. <laughs> Wish I had known that sooner. And um, and then I also began to do an, all kinds of different things um, that I also do now in my coaching. And that led me to full recovery. And when I left that hospital, I was on four different drugs. And um, I was able to get in about two years, get down to the lowest dose of one medicine, which I have never increased. And I've had no depression. And um, I've had normal down days like people, but as a sickness and no major anxiety. So this is what led me to becoming an integrative wellness coach because it addresses all the areas that I addressed personally to get well. And that's what's made me so passionate about it. And um, I, there's so many people out there suffering and I saw it in the hospital and I, I just, I thought, wow, like there's actually, there's hope for this, but people just don't know about it because I never did. So yeah, yeah. yeah that kind of sums that up. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lynn. And I, I want to I move into talking about your work as integrative wellness coach yeah. but before that, but and before, before I forget, you, you mentioned something as you were recounting your story that I'd like to just touch on because I'm always interested in folks who have been grappling with mental health um, and who have gone to the church and have found, you know, the church sorely lacking either with, with bad theology, these trite cliche answers, or just not knowing at all, you know, where to refer, how, to yeah. whom. Um, when you went to the church uh, and were, was looking for some guidance as you were facing this real crisis of yours, what, as you think back now, especially with all that you've done in the, in the meantime, what would have been a helpful response from the church? Oh, I think a helpful response at that time probably uh, would have been for somebody to have suggested I go to a doctor, number one. That would have been very helpful, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I think the biggest thing is to have resources for people because, you know, I don't think we can expect all pastors to understand these things, right? Like, right. and if they're not trained in it, for one thing, like even, even some of our friends aren't going to understand it. Mm -hmm. so, but if, but if we can 
provide resources, right? And take away that that guilt part of things, right? With like, by not giving the pad answers, and um, you know, I think that's that's a huge, huge thing. And uh, I mean, and and this is crazy, but I actually flew all the way to Texas to get delivered of a depression demon. <laughs> that's how desperate I was. Yeah, like I was convinced that that's all it was and and that's the lengths I went to yeah. and um when really I could have just went to a doctor right and I'm not saying that people don't need deliverance or anything but sure. in a lot of cases you know medication is needed mm-hmm. amongst yeah. other things yeah. and you, you you've you've talked a bit about the guilt and the shame that you felt Mm-hmm. I would I would imagine that that's only compounded and increased when the church offers these sorts of suggestions and you try them and nothing happens. You don't get better. Oh, for sure. Totally. Because my goodness, you just. Yeah, because I mean, I remember saying to people, man, this would be so much easier if I wasn't a Christian right now. Right. Wow. Like I would just go to the doctor and go get my medicine and, and get yeah. well. How easy would that be <laughs> compared right. to, you know, just all the, uh, yeah, because, you know, even as a Christian, you go to church, all, all the worship songs you hear, right? I mean, when you're in that state of a major depressive episode, makes you want to pull your hair out. Like it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't bring all this comfort and lift all this depression away, right? Right. Right. When it's a chemical imbalance, I, you know, I want to make mm. sure I say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then you are an integrative wellness coach. Can you define that yeah. for us? Um, you know, what integrative wellness and as a coach, what is it that you do? You know, maybe how, how is it different and distinct from therapist or spiritual mm-hmm. director or guide? Um, yeah. Sure. So, yeah. So with coaching and um, counseling, um, the difference between those two. So the, the way I kind of see it is a coach is somebody who looks at the present situation that a person is in with that person and, you know, talks to them about where their struggles are and comes at it from more of a practical um, way. So you're helping that person to come up with their own solutions to whatever the issues are that they're struggling with. And often they're practical things that can help them. And then you work with them to help them achieve those goals. Okay. So the, the difference, um, so I guess like what I always think about is, um, health is, is a, is a pie, (laughs) right? Like, and um, there's many pieces to it. And, but the main three areas that we need to address are the body, the soul, and the spirit in order to have um, good health, I believe personally. So I I see a counselor um, dealing with the soul part of a person, which is the mind, the will, the emotions, you know, kind of, 
looking at why do you think the way you do today? Why are you coping the way you are today? Um, and often that includes looking at the past, right? And, and figuring mm -hmm. that out. They also can help people to move forward as well, like, um, you know, creating new ways of thinking and that kind of thing. And, and they're trained, they're very highly trained in things like, um, you know, uh, trauma, addictions, eating disorders, things like that. So, whereas a coach is not. So, um, a coach is more trained in, um, yeah, I guess, the motivational interviewing process of really looking at the whole person. First of all, so we're looking at things like diet and nutrition. We're looking at the person's spiritual life. We're looking at their sleep patterns. Uh, we're looking at their social supports. So things like that. So as a coach, I look at the whole picture, not just one piece of the pie. That That's the goal. Mm -hmm. and and then baby steps right to help a person to make the changes they need to make and I'm kind of well I am I'm I'm their cheerleader so you know I check in and um, we talk about what was accomplished last week right because a lot of people need that it's extremely difficult to be motivated on your own often to make mm -hmm. changes in your life Yes, especially if there is, you know, some sort of underlying issue, right? Um, Definitely, yes. Yeah, issue, issues around mental health can really um, be impediments to motivation for a lot of understandable reasons. Uh, yeah. For sure. And part of the work I do, too, is providing resources. Mm -hmm. So if I feel that somebody's extremely traumatized, and that's out of my scope, I definitely have no problems uh, referring them to a counselor that specializes in, in that trauma, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so that's another big piece of it is providing the resources and also being an advocate. That's another thing. Um, because some people are not in a state where they can advocate for themselves and they don't have someone else to do that for them. So that that's another part of it that maybe a counselor wouldn't be doing, right? That's helpful. Thank you. Um, as an integrative wellness coach um, and just in your broader work uh, around issues of, of total wellness, how does your faith impact what you do? Yeah, so... My faith um, impacts this work because, number one, again, I believe that that spirit part of us is so important. And um, that that's a, you know, like in the work I do, not everybody is a Christian. So mm -hmm. there's a way to ask that question, right? Because a lot of people yeah. are spiritual or believe yes. in a higher power yeah. or that kind of thing. But um, even things like, say, uh, meditation, right? A lot of people believe in meditation and the benefits of it. So that's something um, 
you know, I would, I would talk about and, you know, and then for some people we would call that prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and depending who I'm working with, I also offer prayer uh, during the session, um, usually at the end of it. So that's one thing, um, you know, I believe strongly that the body, soul, and spirit are so, like, they're just so um, tied together. So that, you know, you can uh, take all the medication you want, but if you have no spiritual life, um, you're not going to see the best results, in my opinion. And, and I've been through it myself. And you know what? I focused all on the spiritual part in my 20s. And then that didn't work well either. <laughs> so it was only when I included the soul and the body that I received full healing. So it all kind of works together. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, God's design is intended that way, right? And, and that's why, mm-hmm. Lynn, one of the things that I hear you talking about in what you do as an integrated wellness coach is so important is that you're holding that sort of triunity of what mm-hmm. it means to be human together. And so to, to live and thrive in the way that God desires and has designed us to yes. live and to thrive requires body, soul, and spirit coming into alignment and being healthy together. For sure. Yeah. We're going to take a short break. I'll be right back with my guest, Lynn Stafford. Never in our lifetime have we lived through a global pandemic. Depression, anxiety, fear, suicide are at an all-time high. Medical facilities are overwhelmed. Seniors are dying. Lockdowns and churches trying to do their best to minister to those in need. Agora Network Ministries Perseverance Conference held May 1st is available on demand. Join experts Kay Warren, Dr. Grant Mullen, Brett Ullman, and Amy Simpson on specific ways to persevere and find hope. Go to agoranetworkministries.com and sign up for On Demand today. I'm back with my guest, Lynn Stafford. We are talking about her work as an integrated wellness coach, hearing about her journey and her work with mental wellness. Lynn, what are some ways that churches can improve their mental wellness ministry? What I think is an awesome idea personally is if the church would provide a counselor or coach, somebody who specializes maybe in even mental health. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it would be an awesome uh, idea. I know there are some churches that are doing that. And I just think it's amazing because, you know, I I don't think it's good for pastors to pretend they kind of know what they're doing or for any of us to, right? And, um, and, And really, I don't think it's fair that we even put that pressure on them because it, it is a huge uh, undertaking when people are struggling with, with mental health, right? So, yeah, I think that's one idea is to be able to have somebody in the church in, in an office there somewhere who people could go to. And then again, resources, you know, to pr- provide that somewhere. And to be honest, like where I live, I've never seen it. And all, and I have been in a number of churches. I have never seen a brochure on the wall with help for mental health. Now, 
hopefully that's changing, especially after this pandemic and what we're yeah. going through. Um, and then the other thing is uh, conferences. I, I think it's, it, you know, it's, we have all kinds of different conferences going on in our churches, but never once in my life have I been to one that addresses mental health. And, and yet every last one of us struggles with it at times, right? So. Yeah, that's, that's good. Lynn, when I was in seminary, I clearly remember a piece of advice from a professor. Uh, and this, this will date me because she, the example she used was, she said, when, when you go to a church, you know, as, as, a, as a pastor, uh, fill out your Rolodex, okay? But what, what she meant was, you know, you know the, the little things that you keep on your desk that would have contact information that you can yeah. through alphabetically. What she meant by that was find out who the therapists are, the social workers, the case workers, the, the firefighters, the police, you know, the, yes. the, the, uh, the addiction counselors, mm-hmm. find that out right away. Keep that information where it's accessible um, because as a pastor, I wasn't trained in any of that, you know? Um, right. And yeah. I really appreciate what you said. It's a really important reminder that, that, um, that pastors have to stay in their lane. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, we're not trained as therapists or addiction specialists or trauma specialists. So it's important to know where we can point people um, when inevitably they come dealing with something and they need uh, you know, professional resources that are beyond uh, things that we can offer personally. So that's a really good reminder, Lynn. Thank you for that. I'm really interested in this concept of a church having a counselor or a coach or someone equipped to deal with mental wellness in some form on staff. Um, it, it, I assume you've seen that in some churches. Yes. And what's really interesting about it is um, what some of them do. And I just think this is amazing. They have a particular budget for each family in that church. So wow. each family has access to five sessions a year of a, of a professional wow. counselor that they uh, that they recommend, right? Okay. So I've seen that. And then there's also, I've, I actually went to a counselor who was working out of a church and I didn't have to pay. I couldn't believe it. I, I was, I felt so bad, but their church, they had a budget for that. So they paid this counselor. So it was actually a free thing that people could, could have. Yeah. So I, I think that's pretty cool. That's great. You're giving me ideas, Lynn. This is, oh, yay. It's really <laughs> wonderful. Thank you for, for sharing that. So then you have a book that you've written. You mentioned that at the beginning of our interview when you were sharing your story. Yeah. Tell us about your book and where people can pick up a copy if they'd like to. Sure. So the name of my book is Hope for the Hopeless. And then it says Freedom from Anxiety and Depression is Possible. So my favorite word in life is hope. <laughs> and there's a number of reasons for that. But so this book tells the story of my life a little bit, right? And 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 the the depressive episodes that I lived through to and the reason I felt to share that is so that people can get a good understanding 
of what a person actually goes through when they're struggling with this. Um, because if you haven't been through it, it's easy to kind of say, oh, can't you just go for a walk or, you know, well, when you've got a chemical imbalance going on, and I say that because not every depression is chemically imba chemical imbalance, right? There's different types. But in this particular case, um, you know, there's so much more to it than just going for a walk. So, so I share my story of what I went through. I shared it quite openly because, and, and that was a bit scary at first. I really had to think before I wrote because I knew family would see this, you know, whoever. But what really made me want to do this is because when I was in that hospital, I really got to know other patients there. And they were going in and out of that hospital like a revolving door. They, they'd be back in there every six months with medicines not working. And what happened was I actually was able to volunteer there after I was healed from the trauma of being in there. And when I did, I it sounds crazy. I almost felt guilty for being so healthy and well. Because the patients would come up to me, the ones that I used to be hospitalized with, and say, oh, my goodness, you're not sick again? How, how, how are you still well? And, and I just thought, you know, it just broke my heart. So I thought, you know what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to write my story in this book. And I'm also going to write what I did and what I learned about getting well, about recovering from depression and anxiety, and staying recovered. And, and, you know, my biggest message is that it's possible. I didn't believe it was. When I was hospitalized, I literally believed I would never get out of there and that was going to be my life. And I know a lot of people feel that way. So my message is I just can't keep my mouth shut <laughs> because I, I want people to know that it, that it can get better. But there's so many uh, things that people don't know about. And, and I mean things like simple things, like how horrible caffeine is for you when you have an anxiety disorder. Mm -hmm. Nobody told me that. And, and yet in the hospital, they feed you coffee all day long, right? And right, right. nobody said, Lynn, it's the worst thing you can do, right? Mm. So this is what I've written about in my book. So, yeah, my hope is to give people hope that there can be a better life. Uh, well, then that is a beautiful note to end our conversation on. Um, thank you so much for, for sharing that hope. Your hope is contagious. Um, uh, you are, you know, in, in the truest, best sense of the word, you really are an evangelist. Uh, I, thank for, you. For hope and healing and um, that you know uh, that it is possible and so thank you for yeah. for sharing your story and your work and i should mention research. evan because i totally forgot that my book is on amazon so it's right. on amazon and then i have a website called hope wellness services and the book is on there as well and then it describes more what it's about and my story as well on there and and resources things that people can benefit from so excellent thank oh. you we will 
include links to the book and to your website uh, on in our show notes for this episode. So be Thank sure to you. check those. Be sure to check those out. Um, access that. So. Well, Lynn, I am grateful for you and your ministry, and thank you uh, for joining me today on Hope for the Agora. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you found it helpful and informative. We are always open to your comments and suggestions. You can contact us at info at agoranetworkministries.com. You can also go to our website for resources, information, and upcoming events. Just head over to agoranetworkministries.com. If you would like to support the work of Agora Network Ministries, including this podcast, you can find a link on our site. We appreciate your support. We pray that your week is blessed. Bye for now.